Good evening everyone and welcome. Today we're going to be discussing the power of speech. Previously, in chapter 1 of Tanya, we've discussed the animalistic soul, chapter 2, the godly soul. We continued in chapter 3, discussing the ten attributes of the soul, the makeup of the soul. Chapter 4, we discussed the garments of the soul, thought, speech, and action. And currently we're in the middle of chapter 5, discussing how when we learn Torah, you get Hashem, you own Hashem. As we've discussed previously, when we learn Torah, it becomes one with us, we are united. We are one with Hashem, we literally, so to say, own what we've learned, we own. We've got Hashem. If you look in the second to last paragraph of the Tanya, we'll be able to see a quick summary of where we're holding right now, and then we'll be able to get into the power of speech. We're in the second to last paragraph, in your handout it's on page number three. <clears throat> and we'll start from, it is also stated in Eitz Chaim. It is also stated in Eitz Chaim, Portal 44, Chapter 3, that the garments of the soul in Gan Eden are the commandments, while the Torah is the food. This gives it all away. Mitzvos are garments, they surround you. Torah is food, it goes inside of you. Can you live by just having mitzvot, just having clothing? If you don't have food, how long will you live for? Three days. Three days. Okay, so you can't live with just mitzvot. Can you live properly with just Torah, just food and no clothing? No. No. So we need equally Torah and mitzvot. And this leads us to where we're holding now. We all know the famous quote, the Talmud Torah Kineget Kulan, that Torah is equal to everything. Torah surpasses everything. How could you say that? How could Torah surpass mitzvot? We need garments, we need clothes, we need food. How do you say Torah surpasses all? And Rabbi Shneir Zalman is going to give us two answers. The first answer he's going to give us is that when you learn Torah, when you think about anything, you can't multitask. If you're really focused on something, it completely owns you. That thought owns you. Remember, Noach, the first time you learned 2 plus 2 equals 4? The first time you learned it, you couldn't think about anything else at that time. You were completely lost in that thought. When we think about something, that thought owns us, like a garment. So Torah, although it's primarily food, but at the time we're studying it, it surrounds us. Well, that's a very limited answer. That's only at the time we're studying it. So Shneir Zalman goes ahead and he gives us a second answer. The power of speech, and that is, when you speak, you create, a, you create this surrounding energy surround, around you. So Torah has it and it's your food, and when you say the words of Torah, it creates this surrounding energy like garments. So yes, Torah has both attributes. It has Torah, it's food, and it also has mitzvot, because the speech of the Torah surrounds you and creates this positive energy around you. Let's see this inside. The food of the soul is in the, is in the nature of inner light, while the garments are in the nature of encompassing light. What is greater, Noach? Something that goes inside of you? No, actually, what is greater, Menachem? Something that goes inside of you or something that surrounds you? Why? Because it keeps you alive. Okay, something that goes inside of you keeps you alive. 
Could you wear, can you wear clothing that doesn't fit you if it's bigger than you? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Your clothing doesn't have to fit you. So something that surrounds you, when we say or makif, when we say that there's this encompassing light around you, it's a tremendous light. It could be greater than you. When we talk about or panimi, a light that goes inside of you, could it be greater than you? No. Now, could you eat more food than your body can handle? No. There's a limit. You could go a little past the limit, but there's a point where you, there's no room. And it has to fit your body. So the food is the nature of inner light. Meaning, it goes inside of you, but it's limited. The garments, mitzvot, are in the nature of encompassing light, meaning they are tremendous, they surround you, but they don't go inside of you, they don't permeate you. Therefore, our rabbis of blessed memory have said, the study of the Torah equals all the commandments, v'talmud Torah k'neget kulan. What does it mean, v'talmud Torah k'neget kulan? How could the Torah be over everything if we said that mitzvot are garments? <clears throat> for the garment, for the commandments are but garments. Whereas the Torah is both food as well as garments. For the rational soul. Torah is not only food, it's also garments. In which a person is clothed during learning and concentration. Remember we said when you learn something, when you learn one, 2 plus 2 equals 4, that first time, whenever you learn something amazing, at the time you think about it, that, uh, that item owns you. It surrounds you like a garment. All the more so, when a person also articulates by word of mouth, when you say Torah, Menachem, for the breath emitted in speaking, the words of the Torah become something in the nature of an encompassing light as is explained in Priyat Chaim. Your words become energy. They surround you. So the words of Torah permeate you. They're your food, but they're also garments. And for that reason, Talmud Torah, Keneget Kulan Torah is greater than mitzvot because it also has this all-encompassing power. What does that mean? That words create. There's a famous quote that I'm sure all of you have heard, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. You ever heard this expression, Ari? Uh-huh. What does it mean? What does it mean? That um, physical objects can do physical damage, but um, mental um, words can't do physical damage. Fantastic. It means that someone else, they can say whatever they want, it's never going to harm me. Is that a true statement, Nayak? No. We're going to learn now it's 100% false. We're going to learn when someone says something negative, they're creating negative energy. You know, the Baal Shem Tov was once in Shul when he heard someone scream at his fellow friend, I'm going to tear you apart like a fish. You saw Baal Shem hears this. And he calls all of his students together. He says, put your hands on each other. But they do so. He comes and he completes the circle. And as he puts his hands on the two students around him, everyone starts to scream. Ah, don't do that, don't do that. Because when Mishnah Zalman put his hands on their shoulders, they saw a heavenly vision of how this man was literally tearing apart that, that man like a fish. The words had created this negative energy. Two 
two shuls were visited by the Baal Shem Tov in a very small span of time. The first shul, the Baal Shem Tov walks in and, and he sees this energy which everyone is davening with, all enthusiastic. And he turns to his students and he says, Talmidim, this shul, empty. No words of prayer inside of it. Okay? He goes with his students to another shul. And over there, there's no Hoyzul Hashem. There's, so you want, to do, you want to do business together? Maybe, uh, look, look, let, let's do, you, you do 50-50. See, all he hears is business. He hears inappropriate talking. And Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov turns to his students and he says, Aha! This shul, full of prayer. His students are boggled. They say, what's going on here? And finally, one of them got the chutzpah to turn to the Baal Shem Tov and say, Rebbe, what, what are you talking about? What is this? And he says, the first shul, it was empty of prayer because everyone was so energetic that every word they said created angels and the angels went straight to heaven. The shul was empty. The other shul I went to, it was packed with prayer. There was no room to move because all the words stayed in shul. When people would say, Hi, Dulashem, hey, I have an idea. Oh, you know what? Those words, the shul was packed. The prayers hadn't gone anywhere. Our words create. Rabbi Gamliel had a servant, Tevi Avdoi. By raising hand, how many of you have heard of the favorite, the, the famous Tevi? Tevi Avdoi, he turns to his student and he says, Tevi, do me a favor. Go get me a, the best piece of meat sold in the market. His servant goes and he buys him. Buys him tongue. Okay. Rabbi Gamliel turns to his servant a few days later. He says, you know what, Tevi? Go get me the worst piece of meat. He comes back and Tevi gives him, what's the worst piece of meat? Tongue. Tongue. Rabbi Gamliel turns to Tevi. He says, well, what, what is this? I asked you for the worst tongue, the best tongue. How does this come together? And the servant responded, he said, it's all in the tongue. A good tongue is the best thing in the world. You could praise someone, you can make people feel good, you can literally give them life. A bad tongue is the worst thing in the world. We all know cyberbullying, we all know that when, forget about cyberbullying, bullying in general, our words can unfortunately kill. There's a sickness that we don't even say. We just refer to it as yenemachala, cancer. We try not to say that word. Rather, we say yenemachala. Why? Because we don't even want to create negative energy. We don't even want to say that word. What about, who can tell me another expression that we always use after saying something negative? Chas v'shalim. I don't understand. What's the big deal? All I said is that uh, this guy, if he doesn't take care of his health, such and such should happen. It's just words. It is words. The words are creating and therefore we need to say chas v'shalom, pity and peace upon this man. Pity, pity and peace upon this person. Because our words create. Chas v'shalom. Not only us. You know the Gemara does that. Who could tell me? How does the Gemara call a blind man? What is a blind man called in, in Gemara? Sagi Nahar, someone who has amazing eyesight. 
What do, you, what do you call a cemetery in Hebrew? Same when we say a blessing is a curse. Very good. The, yes, another example would be where instead of saying cursing Hashem, God forbid the name of the mitzvah is blessing Hashem. Who could tell me what do you call a cemetery? In Hebrew. A Bisachayim, a house of the living. You know, the Gemara in Tractate Megillah 12a tells us that the servants of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the author of the Zohar, turned to his students. His students turned to him and said, Rabbi, why did the Jews in the story of Purim deserve to die? Rabbi Shimon Yochai responds, he says, you tell me the answer. And Mendel, I know you've heard this story. He says, you tell me the answer. Finally, Rabbi Shimon Yochai tells them the answer. He says, you know why? Because they bowed down to the idol. Now let me share with you the exact quote of the Gemara in English. Rabbi Shimon Yochai was asked by his disciples, why were the, what's the next word? Sainim, the enemies of the Jews in that generation deserving of extermination. The Gemara says, why were the enemies of the Jews? And really, who was it referring to? The Jews. The Jews at that time. But the Gemara doesn't even want to say that the Jews of that time were deserving to be killed. Rather, the Gemara. That means it's written in a book. It's not even words. The Gemara in, the, in a Sefer doesn't say the Jews, rather it says the enemies of the Jews. Wow, how careful we need to be about our words. You know, Yeshaya Hanavi, Isaiah, he was referring to Sodom. And watch what happens when he refers to Sodom. Something very, very scary. This is actually in your handout, number nine. You can see it in your handout on the bottom of number 9. Yeshaya Hanavi, this is only in chapter 1. Right at the beginning. Yeshaya turns to Hashem and he says, Had not the Lord of hosts left us a remnant, we would soon be like Sodom, we would resemble Gemara. Yeshaya was telling Hashem that if not for what you had done, then we would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. Did he say we are like Sodom? No. But watch what Hashem responds. Hashem now returns to Yishai and says, Hear the words of the Lord, O rulers of Sodom. What? Yishai is a ruler of Sodom? What? Can't be. Says Rashi, from here the rabbis deduced that a person should not open his mouth to Satan. We shouldn't even say something negative. Don't even say that if this hadn't happened, such and such would happen. Just saying these words, like we see Yeshaya, he said, Hashem saved us, and if He had not saved us, we would have been like Sodom. And Hashem responds to Yeshaya, rulers of Sodom, listen up. Could anyone tell me some other examples where words of Sadiqim were kept? What about 
Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu said that whoever has the idols stolen from my father-in-law Lot should die. And his wife died. Moshe Rabbeinu turned to Hashem and he said, Hashem, if you don't forgive the Jewish people, erase my name from the Torah. Guess what? Did Hashem forgive the Jewish people? Yes. yes. Is Moshe's name erased from the Torah? Yes. Kind of. It's erased from which parsha? Parsha's Tetzavah. That means Moshe's, just the words that he said, erase me from the Torah, if you don't forgive the Jewish people, had an effect. And his name is erased from one parsha. Well, his name is erased from, from one parsha after he was born. Correct. Words can kill. The Gemara in Erechin tells us that in the West they say, what is when the Gemara says West, what is it referring to? Well, the Gemara was written in Bavel, in Babylonia. So West is Israel. Eretz Yisrael. So in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, they say, the talk about third persons kills three people. Him who tells the slander, him who, accept it, who, him who accepts it, and him about whom it is told. The Gemara says, someone who talks Lush and Hara is hurting himself, the person listening to it, and the person about whom he is speaking. That's crazy. If Yankel tells Lashon Hara to, if Reuven says Lashon Hara to Shimon about Levi, Levi is harmed. Just by the words. Our words can create. Our words have the ability to have a tremendous effect. So we have to be very, very careful about the words that we say. I'd like to show you a video from Chabad.org about, about this point. It's from Tzvi Freeman and it really puts it all together. Now before we look at it, I do want to share with you he's going to say that inside of the letter pay is a bet. Because the pay in the Torah is made of black ink but if you look carefully in the area inside of it <clears throat> the empty place it's a bet. And Bet stands for what? The Torah. How does Bet stand for the Torah? Bereshit. The first letter of the Torah. Here we go. <coughs> now Miri, what's the most powerful part of your body? Your hands? Your brain? Your... I think it's my mouth. How did you guess? Well, it gets a lot of exercise. Your mouth is powerful because it brings inside that which was outside and brings outside that which was inside. That's weird. Take a look. Here's the letter A. A means mouth. What do you see inside? A means a bet inside. The bet is the wisdom that's inside and the pay brings it out. But what if you don't have any wisdom inside? Then it's better to keep the pay closed. And what if you start talking uh, about somebody else? Well, then you bring out whatever's inside that person. If you speak bad things about that person, you bring out that bad even worse. But if you speak good things about somebody? Then you bring out the good in that person and make it 
So this really summarizes what we learned today, that our, word, that our speech has a power to create. So let's summarize the, what we saw inside of the Tanya and the power of speech. We asked why is Torah greater than mitzvot, and we explained because there's two methods how Torah not only is like food that it goes inside of you, but it also surrounds you. Number one is, at the moment that you're focused on a word of Torah, the Torah surrounds you. And second of all, when you say words, and certainly words of Torah, that creates this surrounding energy. Words have the power to create. Chayni Hamagul, there was a drought, and the Jewish people came to Chayni and they said, Chayni, please pray for rain. He made a circle around him and he said, God, I'm not leaving this circle until you bring rain. When someone is sick, the Shulchan Aruch says they should go to Tzadik and ask him to daven to Hashem for them. Three times a day we pray to God. Words. Words have the power to create. Unfortunately, words have the power to create good and bad. Let us make the decision to take that power of words and bless each other. And I'd like to be the first to take that energy and bless each and every one of you with a kosher and happy Passover. Thank you very much.